Hey friends, before we start the show, I just want to remind you that we have a free Myers-Briggs audio tour course on our website. So go to dopamine.life and check that out. There's a button at the top of the page. And if you fill out the details to let me know which personality type you are, and then pick which topic you're interested in, whether that's personality, typology, creativity, or mental health, I'll give you some specific advice through my through signing up for the email to uh, get all sorts of offers and advice and uh, access to exclusive things. So go ahead, dopamine.life and sign up for that stuff right now. Well, not right now. Well, yeah, right now. And then come back and listen to the show. So go do the thing. Hey, everybody. C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Huba Stank uh, talking about the reason. And the reason is you. <laughs> I don't know who would get that. Uh, probably people my age, I guess. Um, Huba Stank was a band. That was basically an Incubus knockoff band. I liked them at the time. I'm a sucker for cheesy music. So uh, today we're talking about reasons and excuses, uh, a big topic. Um, well, it's a big topic, but it's like in a small package, I guess, because there's not a lot to break down, but we'll do our best. It's kind of tied to some personal stuff. So let's press the button and do the thing. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys are doing okay. I personally have been a little bit sick the past week or so. Uh, change of season, transitions, things are happening. My head's a little nauseous, so I'm going to take it slow this episode. And I'm, I mean, I'll try to be upbeat and fun, but it probably won't be as much <laughs> as I normally am. Uh, it was just a long week. We had. Um, here in Rochester, so Molly and I are studio members of the Yards Collective, which is an artist collective that has like 20 artists. It's this like warehouse space that's been converted into studio spaces. And so we have a studio space there and they just celebrated their eighth birthday. And that involved a lot of graphics work that I did. I did a couple videos for them and we set up this big event. It was a 24 hour event and my circadian rhythm is all sorts of a hot mess. Uh, I woke up early this morning, which I haven't done in a week, uh, but we still went to bed at like 1am last night and it's just messing with me. So I'm fearing the crash that's coming. And, uh, but at the same time, like, I just know I have to get my act together and get things situated. I'm also simultaneously, uh, we had the kids over, which was great. Uh, but there's also stuff that we're talking about and dealing with, with that. And Molly's dealing with some, uh, learning around religious trauma syndrome. She's been reading a book by Jamie Lee Finch, which is really, really great about that. And I think that's a topic we will discuss in the future. And uh, I've been learning a lot about my ADHD because I'm even ever so closer to feeling pretty confident that I've had inattentive ADHD my entire life, otherwise known as ADD. 
And that has been a big challenge for me to recognize that now I'm seeing what are some of the reasons that I've had such difficulty with certain things in my life. And what are the reasons why maybe my ex-wife reacted to me the way that she did? Because I wasn't able to express what I was dealing with. She wasn't able to express or understand why I was behaving or not behaving the way that uh, a quote-unquote normal person might. And why I was having such challenges with executive functions and being able to plan and organize and stuff like that. Because I can very much organize in the moment. If I have a project and something I'm really excited about, I can organize around it. But if there's something that I feel like is an outside request, uh, it's really hard to organize around it for me. So I have to kind of take it moment to moment in order to accomplish something. I don't think very far ahead. I kind of can't. (laughs) It's been a problem for me persistently that... If I have like a school schedule, like I can kind of follow it, uh, like when I was in college and really I only would able be able to think until like maybe the end of the quarter and I wouldn't know what else to do. I, I've never really had a lot of big long-term plans in my life. I've had big ideas, big thoughts, but the connective tissue between now and then has not really been very strong. And I've had general ideas of maybe some of the concepts I need to learn about or the next uh, vague steps, like bigger picture steps, not so much the minutia of like what to do, like how to put it on a schedule or plan it. And I would get into these phases where I would, and there's a point to all this, by the way, um, (laughs) I would get to phases. Oh, excuse me. I would get to phases in my life where I would feel like I need to just batten down the hatches and I need to like culminate all of the will that I have and just start scheduling things. Or I would get some sort of external advice. Basically, I would get advice from like entrepreneurs and stuff that's just like, you know, you got to work hard, you got to hustle and all that stuff, which are things that I believe in. But when you have ADHD and you start to plan things, you start to see how quickly it becomes overwhelming. And I tended to schedule myself into a corner. And I would get really stressed out by having to do interviews that I've done on this podcast because they were specifically scheduled at specific times, or I would start to do it where I would schedule my life a little bit too strictly and not having, um, the freedom to adjust is, is a really just anxiety inducing. I would have those days where I would have a thing scheduled for 2 PM and I would not be able to get anything done because I would be so preoccupied by making sure that I didn't miss the thing at 2 p.m. because it's very easy to miss dates and schedules. And after that, because even if I set an alarm, like it's easy for me to ignore it. (laughs) So I would still get really anxious about it. Um, And even afterwards, I would be sort of physically exhausted because a lot of the conversation is heavy emotional stuff and that's pretty draining as well. So I feel like I was getting attacked on multiple sides and I've had multiple challenges in my life that feel like they are the result of my inattentive ADHD, not being able to focus in class uh, is a pretty obvious example. Um, It would always be so much easier for me to write while I was listening to the teacher or draw, which is really why I drew so much when I was a kid. And I would get so frustrated when teachers would say like, nope, stop, pay attention, look, sit up straight. And um, like 
the, I remember my Spanish teacher in junior year of high school was particularly, I felt like she picked on me. <laughs> I don't really know why. I think she had, I don't remember her personality enough to be able to say like more about her, but she, I, re, I do remember her sort of picking on me for not paying attention enough or not learning well enough. And I just felt like she was always on me. Um, this was also a Catholic school. So she picked on me for like little things like my shirt, not tucked in and stuff like that. And it was, that stuff was very distracting in high school. And, um, that like, I didn't, I, I feel like I just couldn't focus at all. So point of all of this is that I've had multiple points in my life where I felt like I had in my mind legitimate reasons why I couldn't focus or I couldn't learn something or I couldn't get something done. And I couldn't really describe why. I knew in my mind that there were, like, it wasn't something that I was choosing not to do. Like, my my parents, you know, we had frustrations with my learning when I was a kid. Like, my grades were not great. My grades were pretty average. And I basically did enough to get through it. Because I just knew that I wasn't, there was something in my mind that I knew that I couldn't excel. And I knew that I was intelligent, but I knew that I couldn't excel in the system that was being presented to me. And I knew that the best that I could do is give my bare minimum and make sure that I at least passed. Because I had no intention of repeating the hell that I was experiencing. And so I was... For me, it was like a mission to just do what I could to basically my, my form of doing well in school was just trying to be good and trying to be unnoticed, not even be good, but just to not be noticed. Because if I was noticed, then the expectation would be higher and I would have to be, you know, a little bit better in school. And I just wanted to like keep the expectations low because I just do that. My parents didn't really understand what was going on in my mind. I didn't really know how to explain what was going on in my mind. Um, I didn't really know how to explain that I kept zoning out every time I would read from like a textbook or uh, even fiction books. I can't, I'm not all that interested in. So I, I just, I zone out. I would fall asleep in class all the time. Uh, I would be drawing, I would be sort of poking at things and it wasn't ADHD in the hyperactive physical sense, but it was like hyperactive mental sense. And I'm, I'm often wondering if there's like cognitive function, um, uh, connections there as to whether inattentive or, uh, sort of the hyperactive side would appear in people depending on extroversion or introversion. But that's a whole different thing I'll be thinking about. That's me getting distracted. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the big things that I was frustrated by is that often it seemed like anytime I would try to explain it, it would be taken as an excuse. Like, you know, you're, you're just making excuses for not doing the work. This is, if you focused on this as much as you did on video games, you would get so much more done, right? Because in, inattentive ADHD is not about, um, it's not about not ever being able to focus. It's about being able to focus at will and being able to focus uh, when, yeah, just when you want to, or when you need to rather versus want to, um, when we want to focus. And that for me means like, I can do this podcast. I can do, <clears throat> I can do things that I'm passionate about and interested in. And 
I think some of the, I have some fears of like losing interest in the show. And, you know, even if it is connecting with people and helping, if I lose interest, I'm not going to do it anymore, <laughs> you know? And that's like always a scary thought. Um, I'm scared to get a job because I fear uh, the, a lot of the same things that I'm not going to be able to perform the expected functions of the job. And there's not a lot of people in the world that have really fully adapted to ADHD and what it actually is and means. So for me, that means continuing to take personal responsibility and try to set whatever boundaries I can to say that, Hey, this is not something I'm capable of. Um, and sort of separate it from my will versus like literally just not being able to, because my brain just doesn't get there right now. I'm struggling. And something I have to talk to Molly about is the idea that we have her birthday in a few weeks. And I kind of told her I would plan about it, a planet, and I'm feeling a struggle internally to be able to plan it. And I've been doing a lot more research lately around ADHD and suddenly feeling like, oh, yeah, I should probably not make those promises because that's just not going to work. So I have to talk to her about that today. And she's adaptable and we'll figure it out and it'll be fine. But, um, you know, so uh, back to what I was trying to talk about, getting distracted. Um, uh, uh, I feel particularly distractible today, so I apologize that this feels a little all over the place. I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of mellow in the head. So just being honest about that. Um, so when I was doing work for my dad, for example, there was a lot that came out in terms of like, you know, you're just making excuses. Uh, same with my ex-wife. She did a lot of that too. Like you're just sort of making excuses or you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just clean the bathroom? Why don't you just do the dishes? Why don't you just, why don't you just, why don't you just, and there's a lot of that. And I did never really understood why I couldn't just, <laughs> you know, um, she would put a lot of memes out there about like my husband's a, like another child, that kind of thing. And I, at first I was offended by that, but now I kind of understand it. Now I get her perspective a little bit more because I, for me, this is just me being myself. Like I don't really understand, um, you know, it's like, it's not that I would never get to it, but for me to get things done that need to be done, there needs to be an imminent consequence, which is also frustrating because <laughs> it's not the best way to live, to be in fear of things in order to get something done. Right. So, you know, if my, uh, my ex-wife, she was actually pretty good at putting a lot of pressure on me and some would call that nagging. And that's kind of the, the word that a lot of people use. And, um, she was good at that, but it, it led to a lot of resentful feelings from me. And I just continued to be frustrated because I, I would be frustrated because like, you know, my, my lack of foresight or, in, or ability to plan and just do those functional things um, was frustrating to her. And this is not just an INTP thing. Uh, I think this is just, it's literally something in my mind that I don't think about. And when I'm asked to do something specifically, when I'm asked to do something that I don't have already a plan in place to do, it's like, it's like there's a wall put in front of me and I'm still trying to find better ways to explain it, but it just feels like my brain is like, nope. And there's just like a steel plate and I can't go forward. <laughs> and I try as hard as I can. And I feel like my brain can't wrap 
around what to do next or how to do it next if it's not something I want to do, right? If it's something I want to do, like I want to learn more about ADHD or I want to learn about podcasting or I want to learn about um, making videos for YouTube or something, I can go down a little bit of a rabbit hole and learn how to make certain connections. But even when I make this podcast or when I make YouTube videos, I keep the process as simple as possible because if the process was at all complicated, and this now makes a ton more sense to me, if it's complicated, I'm not going to like, I'm not as likely to do it. So I have to simplify my process as much as possible. So this podcast, like I don't have a lot of edits. I have the same edits that I use and I'll sort of change the template every once in a while. But for the most part, like I'll record on my desktop, I'll save it out, I'll post it and I'll write the description and publish it. And that's it. And there's one more step, but there are other times where I've tried to add additional steps to the podcast. Like I've tried to add doing all of the social posts at the same time, or I've tried to add doing multiple podcasts in a day, or I've tried to do doing a a short video clip version for YouTube and a short video clip version for uh, Instagram and for Twitter and for Facebook and all of this like social marketing stuff. And it's just exhausting. <laughs> I can't do it all. It takes so much work uh, for me to do those, what seems like such simple things um, for other people. And it's incredibly frustrating for me to feel that way. So that's why I put so much emphasis on simplifying the process. I think the same thing for my work with Photoshop. I stick to a smaller set of tools that allow me to sort of remix the basics as much as I can and not spend too much time ruminating on a project. Right. And, and that helps me a lot. It helps me with, um, initiating projects with getting things done. And, you know, I, I basically have to do the best that I can to emulate being a productive person. And it's at this point, in my life, I feel frustrated that I have to keep doing that because I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I feel like I, I don't want to get like a legit job because it's going to keep exhausting me. And I am going to be frustrated that I can't explain myself to people. And I don't know how to be, I don't know how to be quote unquote normal. And while ADHD is its own version of normal, it's, there's still an expectation to be met in certain circumstances. And that challenge is the challenge that I'm facing. So I'm trying to learn how to transition these things that are seen as excuses from other people into reasons, reasons for being reasons for not being able to stick to a certain schedule, reasons for having these challenges, reasons for why I struggled in my marriage, reasons why I struggled with my parents, uh, reasons why I struggled in school, reasons why I struggled with workplace stuff, and really try to understand as these reasons allow me to do something like I'm about to do with Molly, where I can say, this is the reason I can't schedule this for you, and this is how we can approach this from a different angle. All right. Welcome back. Um, so I wasn't really going to talk about ADHD in this episode, but it kind of just came out. So that's just where we are. That's kind of where my head's at. That's where I'm thinking about 
because I was reading some stuff yesterday about ADHD and it really, it really hit me hard and I'm still feeling pretty heavy around it. It hit me hard because I've been spending a lot of my life, or really the last two years, I should say, understanding cyclothymia, which is a form of bipolar disorder, which I still think exists within me, and really coming to terms that if I'm managing myself day to day and learning to stick with my circadian rhythm and to balance my life and to be disciplined and focused, that I can manage this. And frankly, if I manage it well, it's something that will only happen once every three months or so. And now this ADHD thing is like, oh no, this is my brain all the time. And this makes so much sense because I struggle every single day. I struggle so hard with all of the basic things that I don't talk about because I've developed skills to allow me to push. And I think it is good to develop skills to push, right? It's not about, again, the reason it's about identifying reasons why you need help versus excuses. Like if I continued to make excuses, I would not find ways to push forward. I would not find ways to get things done. I would not find ways to, uh, to manage relationships and workplace stuff, right? This trouble that I'm having is that now these excuses or what could have been excuses and all of the things that I'm continuing to try to learn uh, to learn around are now feeling like reasons that I have so much trouble. And like, even though I feel like I've done a lot of growth, it's like it's not enough. And that never enough feeling is the feeling I'm trying to push through the feeling I'm trying to transition from. And that's a that feels like a bigger battle. And I'm scared. I'm genuinely scared. And it's going to take a lot of work. But there are options. And I think for me, this is, this is when I can now take the medication route. I was going to with cyclothymia. But this is when I have to like, if this is a day to day thing, and I'm having such trouble focusing and functioning, and Basically, I'm, I'm identifying that if I need to be a, a success, that I want the things that I want in life and I don't want to just coast, which is also, you know, potentially a threat to my relationship in some ways, uh, I, I have to do better. And for me to do better, I have to fight this and I have to find a way to manage this. So there are a ton of tools and tips that I've used, which I've posted on my Twitter account, and I'll probably do an episode on specific tips around ADHD because I'll probably be talking about it a lot more now, um, that, that I've done all of these, I've done a lot of tips. I've like learned a lot of things that have really have helped me in life. And again, it's just a matter of feeling like it's not enough, but a lot of people with ADHD and I've done this a million times, like we lose things. I've, I've lost every winter. I lose gloves. <laughs> it's like impossible to keep gloves. Um, but the, the sort of cliche case is like ADHD. People tend to lose their keys a lot if they don't know where it is. Right. Like right now, I don't know where my wallet is. It's probably in the room. So I have two places where I keep things. And if it's not in one of those places, Uh, it's all over. (laughs) I don't know where things are. Um, But that's also something that I've learned as a skill is that I've been trying to keep fewer things so that I know where my things are. So I don't have a lot of stuff. Uh, 
I have a lot of little things, but I have them pretty much packed together. So I have my clothes in one place. I have all of my stuff on my desk in one place. Uh, I have key rings by the door. I have like this little, you know, like the little quarter inch jack that goes into like an amp on a, on a, uh, music amp, a guitar amp. Uh, there's a sort of key ring thing that they sell at uh, guitar center that you put on your wall and then you put it on your keys and then you sort of like plug it into the amp on the wall. It's really rad, but it's right next to our door and it allows us to keep track of our keys. And I, I can't remember how many times <laughs> I've lost my keys when I was younger. Uh, and, and having that sort of system, it's just a simple system allows for that. And it's just day to day short and it's very satisfying too, right? That's like another sort of hack is like, it's satisfying to just make the noise to insert the key into the thing. And it's just like, and it's like, yes, it's done it. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, that's, an, that's a pretty good example of like, if I just kept losing my keys and I would say like, Oh, I've got ADHD. I just keep losing my keys. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, that's just an excuse. You're not actually trying to solve it, right? So I think what I'm going to talk about in the upcoming episodes with like tips and stuff is like the tips are ways for you to actually do something about what it is you're experiencing. So with me learning about all this stuff, like I'm trying to figure out what some of the big picture reasons are for everything that's happened in my life and try not to let it be an excuse for me to not get better. And to not improve, however, I have the opportunity to improve, right? So there are still things that are going to be challenges, and those are going to be reasons. But if I were to not try and do the best that I can, then it would turn into an excuse. Uh, and that's really what this episode is about, that it's the difference between excuses and reasons, you know? And I think I had a hard time when I was younger explaining the reasons why I was experiencing something. And it could make sense why it would look like excuses to the outside world. Cause it looks like I'm not trying. And in my head, I'm trying like the best that I can. I'm trying to come up with systems, I'm trying to come up with ways to trick myself. And I've always defined it that way. When I was a kid, I would always find ways to trick myself because I would start to learn my own tendencies. I didn't identify it as ADHD at the time, but I knew of some of my own tendencies and I would find ways around it or through it. You know, I knew the obstacles and I would just find a way to get it done. Because it's a reason. And if you allow it to be an excuse, then it sort of cheapens the validity of what you're experiencing, I feel, in my opinion. You know, if, if you're depressed and you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to go to therapy or to talk about your depression with somebody or to not ask for help in any kind of way, uh, or to not take responsibility for your depression and call out of work or something like that. Like, I feel like that could count as an excuse for you to just say that I'm, well, okay. I'm trying to find a better way to state this because I'm trying to be sensitive, but it's like, if you're depressed and you just don't get anything done and you just say like, oh, I'm just a depressed person. That's just what I do. Right. That's an excuse. You know, I feel like if you're not trying your best, even if your best is a little bit, even if your best sucks, like it's, 
then it's a reason versus an excuse. Does that make sense? I, I'm hoping I can explain that better. Um, I'll keep trying to explain it in the future. It's just one of those concepts that uh, can be a little bit hard to take in because there's like little nuances, very micro nuances of understanding that we can use anything that we're dealing with as an excuse. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, I can refuse to play basketball cause I'm short, right? <laughs> I could say, uh, no, I don't No, 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 no. Uh, even though if I, if I really enjoyed playing basketball and I didn't play it because I knew I was going to lose all the time or because I'm short, that's, that's an excuse not to try. And you have to give yourself at least the opportunity to try. And I think for me, with this ADHD, basically revelation in my life, I've got to figure out something else that I can try. And the next thing I need to try is medication. And I don't have insurance right now, but the option right now is that I could get stride insurance, which is not a sponsor. Um, and that's like 50 bucks a month. And I could try to figure out what that looks like and go see what the costs are. And, um, you know, at least start that journey, right? Do the best that I can. That's one of the four agreements. And I love it because it's the best that you can doesn't mean better than you can, right? And it's really hard with when you're dealing with mental illness, it's really, really easy to think that the best that you can should be better than you can. But every day, as long as you're doing the best that you can, like, that's all you can do. You're chipping away at the big picture. You're learning things about yourself every day. You're learning things about your partner. You're connecting. You're doing what you can to be an honest, authentic version of yourself. And being honest and authentic means that, yeah, maybe you're having a really depressive, difficult day. Like, I'm kind of having, like, I'm having a really low day. But I'm here podcasting. I'm trying my best. And I'm doing the best that I can. Even if I, ah, my mouth keeps making noises, <laughs> sorry. Um, even if I just was like laying in bed and I had the opportunity to do it on my phone, then I would do it on my phone. If I was still experiencing a sore throat like I was experiencing last week, then maybe that's not what I could do, right? That's a reason. That's not an excuse. Uh, an excuse would be that, you know, I, an excuse would be if I was laying in bed and I still had access to my phone and still felt like talking, but I didn't. But then, you know what? I just, I would rather do it on the desktop. It's going to sound better. Uh, I would be more prepared. Like, you know, all of that stuff. Those are just excuses because I could do it on my phone and it sounds great. Like there's just no reason that I needed to do it specifically on my desktop other than just finding a way to put it off. Right. So doing the best that I can means like, if I could do it on my phone, I'll do it on my phone. And that's fine. That's the best that I could do that day. If I couldn't do it because of a sore throat, then I just can't do it. Then I have to postpone it. Then I have to do something else. Then I can write something. Then I can, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, it's about self-assessment in the moment and saying that whatever you can do is whatever you can do. Whatever you can control is whatever you can control. Like, that's just what it is. And I think it's important to be honest with yourself about what that looks like and to give yourself a little bit of room also when you're having a legitimate reason as to why you can't get something done or why you can't uh, speak or perform or whatever, right? 
like reasons, not excuses. So, I mean, I think that kind of covers the gist of what I wanted to talk about. I think it's important when you're dealing with mental health challenges to still find whatever ways. (coughs) Don't eat oatmeal before podcasting. Um, (laughs) It's like stuck in my throat. But we're going to push through and we're going to finish this. Even when you're dealing with some mental health challenges, you got to push still a little bit. Because, you know, we still got to eat. We got to feed ourselves. I keep making terrible noises. I'm sorry. We got to do the best that we can. And again, the best that we can doesn't mean more than you can. But the best that we can means we have to do everything possible. I'm I'm a hot mess today. Um, (laughs) Everything possible to get done what we need to get done. Sometimes that means external systems. Sometimes that means asking for help. Sometimes that means tricking yourself. Sometimes that means finding and figuring out what's going to work for you and saying yes to the things that you actually can do and saying no to the things you can't do. Right. And trusting the reasons for that, that these are not excuses. This is just what it is. Right. So me explaining to Molly and I've already talked to her about my ADHD and the executive functioning side of things and why, uh, basically like I've shown her examples and talked about it that at this point it's legitimate for me to say, you know what? I can't do this. I'm sorry. I can't really plan your birthday to, in all of its pieces, but I can take responsibility for something. I could get something done or if you give me a task, I can handle it. Uh, but I can't orchestrate it. It's just kind of too much and it's okay. It's okay for me to say that. There's not going to be a dire consequence for that. Uh, and we'll be okay. So another, so if you're having a hard time with saying no to someone, there is an episode that I did called how to say no. And there are sort of different ways that you can say no to someone that isn't going to actually say no, that can still be setting boundaries, but you know, not hurting feelings, which I think is a big problem that a lot of people have. We, we struggle with that. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to end this episode cause I'm all over the place and I kind of want to move on. So, uh, reasons and excuses, two very different things. You can allow yourself to have reasons. What you're experiencing is what you're experiencing. Like it's totally valid. This is your life. This is who you are. This is what you're, you're experiencing. And if you need validation from like a doctor or a therapist, get that, you know, like figure out how you can talk about this, find support groups, find podcasts like this one and connect with people and find different language that you can use to explain your situation. You know, you don't necessarily have to explain yourself in terms of making an excuse for why you didn't do something. As long as you're trying your best, then you can give legitimate reasons. That's how I feel. That's kind of my personal code, as it were. And I think as long as we're not using our mental illness as a reason to be less than human, I guess, then like, we'll be fine. It'll be okay. Everything's cool. So for me, I'm going to go down the medication route. I've got some stuff to figure out. I've got a little bit of a path laid out in front of me. Um, But, you know, all of this makes sense why everything is kind of overwhelming in terms of all of the stuff I'm dealing with financially and all of this stuff. So my goal right now is to try to pare all of that down and keep life simple. Cause if anything's complicated, 
it becomes a hot mess. <laughs> so that's what I'm learning for me. Uh, I think our thresholds are just different, basically, based on whether or not you have something going on or not. So, all right, I'm done. I'm hopefully you made it this far. Uh, I appreciate you if you did, because this is, I feel like this is going to be a little bit tough to listen to because I'm a little all over the place, but I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And if you want to send me a message, if you have a question or if you have any resources around ADHD that you think would be interesting, please, please send me them so that I can sort of talk about it on the podcast in the future and learn for myself. And, um, so you can hit me up at let's go see note on all the social channels, uh, subscribe on our YouTube channel. If you're an INTP, I talk about a lot of INTP specific stuff on that YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dopamine TV, and, uh, go sign up for our Myers-Briggs, uh, audio tour on dopamine.life, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E dot life. So that's it. And, um, Yeah. Okay. I'm done. I love you guys. (laughs) Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.